Ladies and gentlemen, good day and welcome to the TCS earnings conference call. As a reminder, all participant clients will be in the listen-only mode, and there will be an opportunity for you to ask questions after the presentation concludes. Should you need assistance during the conference call, please signal an operator by pressing star then zero on your touchstone phone. Please note that this conference is being recorded. I now hand the conference over to Mr. Kedar Shirali. Global Head Investor Relations at TCS. Thank you and over to you, sir. Thank you, Aman. Good evening and welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us today to discuss TCS's financial results for the third quarter of fiscal year 2022 that ended December 31, 2021. This call is being webcast through our website and an archive, including the transcript, will be available on the site for the duration of this quarter. The financial statement, quarterly fact sheets, and press releases are also available on our website. Our leadership team is present on this call to discuss our results. We have with us today Mr. Rajesh Gopinathan, Chief Executive Officer and Managing Director. Good evening, everyone. Mr. N. G. Subramaniam, Chief Operating Officer. Hello, everyone. Mr. Samish Sekharia, Chief Financial Officer. Hello, everyone. And Mr. Milan Lakhar, Chief Human Resources Officer. Milan, are you there? Sir, request to please unmute your line. Uh, we'll come back to Milan. Our leadership team will give a brief overview of the company's performance, followed by a Q&A session. As you are aware, we don't provide specific revenue or earnings guidance, and anything said on this call which reflects our outlook for the future. or which could be construed as a forward looking statement must be reviewed in conjunction with the risks that the company faces we have outlined these risks in the second slide of the quarterly fact sheet available on our website and which has been emailed out to those who subscribe to our mailing list with that i'll turn the call over to rajesh thank you kedar and uh, once again welcome everyone and wishing you all a very happy new year we had a very strong performance in a seasonally weak quarter we grew 15.4% year on year in constant currency terms and 16.3% in rupee terms and 14.4% on us dollar terms our operating margin was at 25% and net margin was at 20% the sustained growth over the last six quarters helped us cross an important milestone in our journey this quarter hitting 25 billion dollars revenue in the calendar year 2021 The 25-fold revenue growth over the last 19 years is a testimony to the strength of our business model and our ability to reinvent ourselves in an ever-evolving technology landscape to stay relevant to our customers while remaining focused on creating value for all our stakeholders. Another important milestone is that the number of women in our workforce crossed 200,000. Beyond the headline number, it is also an occasion to celebrate the progress we are making in creating a more diverse and inclusive workspace so workplace as an outcome of various leadership development initiatives focused on women employees the number of senior women executives in the organization has grown by 68% between 2016 and 2021 i'll now invite samir milinder ngs to go over different aspects of our performance during the quarter i'll step in again later to provide some more color on the demand side of things over to you samir Thank you, Rajesh. Let me first walk you through the headline numbers. In the first, in the third quarter of FY 2022, our revenues grew 15.4% year on year on constant currency basis. Reported revenue in INR was uh, 488.85 uh, billion rupees, 
which is a year-on-year growth of 16.3%. In USD terms, revenue was $6.524 billion, a year-on-year growth of 14.4%. Let me walk you through our financial performance in Q3. In earlier calls, I had spoken about how the industry-wide churn is having an inflationary headwind on the people cost. Our operating margin in Q3 was 25%, a sequential contraction of 60 basis points. In terms of headwinds, we had a 70 basis points impact from backfilling costs, targeted increments, and subcontractor expenses. There was a 60 basis points impact due to discretionary non-manpower expenses like travel, marketing, recruitment and training, and facility expenses going up. This was offset by operational efficiencies from pyramid balancing, improved utilization, and a slight uptick in realization. Currency also helped by 10 basis points. Net income margin was at 20%, and our EPS grew 13.9% year on year. Our effective tax rate for the quarter was 25.7%. Our accounts receivable was at 67 DSO in dollar terms, same as Q2. Net cash flow operations was at uh, rupees 108.53 billion, which is uh, 111% uh, uh, of net income. Free cash flows was at 99.43 billion, and invested funds at the end of uh, December uh, 31st stood at uh, rupees 669.85 billion. The board has recommended an interim dividend of rupees 7 per share, and also a buyback to the tune of rupees 18,000 crores for rupees 4,500 per share. This represents a shareholder payout of rupees 24,782 crores uh, between the buybacks, dividends, and taxes, and adding to uh, uh, adding to the 10,785 crores paid out uh, uh, year till date. Milan will now talk about our HR performance this quarter. Over to you, Milan. Thank you, Samir. <clears throat> On the people front, we had a net addition of 28,238 in Q3, uh, bringing the total headcount to 556,986. It continues to be a very diverse work- workforce with uh, 156 nationalities represented and with women making up to 36% of the base. As uh, Rajesh mentioned earlier, the number of women in the workforce crossed 200,000 this quarter. In the face of uh, industry-wide supply-side challenges, we have doubled down on our investment in organic uh, talent development. Over 100,000 market-relevant deep skills were gained by TCSS in Q3. The number of contextual masters, that is, uh, individuals who have demonstrated deep contextual knowledge of their customers, business, and IT landscapes, has now crossed 38,000. The sustained strength of demand, particularly in new technologies, has uh, necessitated large-scale hiring of fresh talent. As you know, we had onboarded 43,000 freshers in the first half of the year, all trained on the latest technologies, and in our last call, uh, we had indicated plans of hiring another another 34,000 in the second half. I am happy to inform you that we achieved the figure in Q3 itself and are now planning to hire some more in Q4. Uh, Fraser hiring continues to be through our national qualifier test. However, we have increased its frequency to cater to our unprecedented unprecedented volumes of hiring. Uh, let me now spend a minute on the elevated employee churn we have seen during, uh, across the industry for the last few months. Uh, our 
progressive people policies uh, empowering culture investments uh, in our people uh, fast track uh, careers linked to learning and uh, uh, i think uh, very differentiated ample opportunities for global deployment uh, continue to be dif- continue to be you know huge differentiators for us uh, that have enabled uh, industry leading talent retention for us, uh, for us in addition we have been tactically responding to the increasing attrition by benchmarking our compensation levels with the market and uh, uh, promoted over 110000 employees this year so far uh, all this has helped us contain the number of departures and, and retain the best best of our talent on a ltm basis our attrition in it services was at 15.3% in q3 the arithmetic of ltm calculation means that this metric might rise further in q4 but we believe that the churn is stabilizing for now nevertheless we will continue to closely monitor this metric in our last call i had mentioned that we were preparing for return to office for most of our employees by the start of this new year uh, as you all know because of the current situation pandemic situations we have temporarily put that plan on hold and we calibrate our and we will recalibrate our timelines we will be closely monitoring the evolution evolving situation on the ground uh, across our different locations before announcing our new return to work plans uh, now over to ngs for segmental commentary and demand drivers over to you ngs thank you milan uh, at the outset let me wish all of you a great start to the new year um let me begin by providing the segmental performance details for the quarter all growth numbers are in year on year constant currency terms we saw strong double digit growth across all our verticals growth was led by retail and cpg which grew 20.4% bfsi grew by 17.9% manufacturing grew by 18.3% other verticals also showed good growth technology and services 17.7% life sciences and healthcare 16.3% and communications and media 14.4% among major markets growth was led by north america which grew by about 18% and continental europe by 17.5% while uk grew 12.7% among the emerging markets growth was led by latin america which grew 21.1% and india by 15.2% middle east and africa 6.9% and asia pacific grew by 4.3% our uh, portfolio of products and platforms continue to show good growth we had a fantastic quarter for the product, products and platform business igneo our cognitive automation software signed up 10 new customers and five went live with a growing installed base and expanding channel network demand for igneo skills is very strong the digital academy has trained over 10000 professionals till date and has certified more than 3500 professionals on igneo igneo continues to transform operations across domains using artificial intelligence and automation to enhance resilience and delivery superior business outcomes here is one example In North America based global hospitality major has gone live with Igneo across their enterprise data warehouse hotel booking information system inventory and availability loyalty points rewards customer feedback and commission settlements Igneo is being used to predict anomalies identify SLA violations and notify relevant stakeholders to take necessary actions enabling resilient operations and near real time visibility to business for 
over 20 business critical um, measures covering 7,000 plus batch jobs. TCS banks, our flagship product suite for financial services domain, had nine new wins and five go lives in Q3. TCS banks has been selected by a leading global financial services player in, the, in North America to transform their asset servicing operations, spanning 65 direct custody and clearing markets and 100 plus global custody markets. This is a landmark, one-of-a-kind global rollout, unmatched in scale and spread, further affirming the market-leading position of TCS banks in this particular domain. Quartz blockchain platform had three new wins in quarter three. It's being leveraged across a variety of use cases, mobile payments, issuance of bank guarantees, solar energy tracking, interbank borrowing, and so on. An American multi multinational big tech company has been has made big inroads into India with their online payment and digital wallet app, has selected Quartz blockchain for handling the compliance and anti-money laundering operations. The firm will also use Quartz compliance for transaction monitoring and workflow management. TCS Hobbs suite of products for communication services had two go lives in quarter three. In another milestone, Hobbs has been adopted for its new age subscription management capabilities in a completely different industry by a state-owned electrical utility in India. This distribution company intends to use it to enhance the overall quality of service and customer experience. TwinX, our AI-based digital twin solution, had four wins and three go lives in Q3. Interestingly, the new wins address different use cases across different verticals. The steel manufacturer using it to model their shop floor safety. The publisher is, plans to use it to run simulations to help decide what marketing campaigns will deliver the most return on investment and therefore deserve to be funded. The telco is going to be using it to simulate the customer order journey for their broadband product. TCS Omnistore, our AI-powered commerce suite, had two new wins in this quarter. TCS Ad, Advanced Drug Development Platform, um, is now live at Amgen, one of the world's leading biotechnology companies. And uh, this is supporting the initiatives on new ways of working and digital transformation journeys focusing on pharmacovigilance excellence. The platform leverages machine learning and natural language processing to deliver productivity and improve the quality of adverse event case data. Lastly, TCS Mastercraft, our suite of intelligent automation products for enterprise application development, modernization, and delivery had 24 new wins in this quarter. Moving on to our client metrics, the robust addition of clients across every revenue bucket in the clearest validation of our customer-centric strategy and our focus on continually expanding and deepening our client relationships. In Q3, we added 10 more clients over the last 12 months in the 100 million plus band, bringing the total to 58. We added 21 more clients in the $50 million band, bringing the total to 118. We added 26 more clients in $20 million plus band, bringing the total to 255. We added 40 more clients in $10 million band, bringing the total to 426. We added 54 more clients in $5 million band, bringing the total to 619. And we added 98 more clients in the $1 million plus band, bringing the total to 1,175. Let me now cover some of the demand trends we are seeing in the market. Our growth continues to be driven by the same three broad trends that Rajesh has spoken about in prior calls. That is, increased investments in building a digital core, 
tech and operations uh, optimization and growth and transformation. While we had plenty of deals across all of these three buckets in Q3, I will take up two distinct demand themes in today's call and share some examples of the deals we won and the work we are doing in those areas. Cloud continues to be a big driver of growth. Our yearly investments in building deep capabilities across all the cloud technologies and creating dedicated business units around three hyperscalers has made us the preferred partner for customers looking to accelerate their cloud transformation journeys. We are among the top partners to each of the hyperscalers. Microsoft has recognized, recognized us as the number one partner contributing to the maximum Azure revenue. That is, we helped move the maximum number of enterprise workloads to the Azure cloud. Similarly, we have received Partner of the Year awards from both AWS and Google Cloud. We have been sharing examples of cloud transformation engagements every quarter to give you a flavor of the nature of the demand out there. Once again, this quarter, we had several new wins around Horizon One initiatives, such as infrastructure modernization or building of a new digital core for enhanced business agility. TCS helped a leading European retailer migrate, migrate their ERP to a hyperscaler cloud. We evaluated several cloud platforms and designed the best-to-fit solution, leveraging our contextual knowledge of their business processes. The solution has been implemented initially for one country and will eventually be rolled out to other markets. From the first go-live, the customer is already seeing improved agility, accelerated financial processes, advanced pricing, and operational efficiency through real-time supply chain insights. TCS is helping a large specialty retailer in ANZ transform a complex ERP estate of more than 50 different ERP systems and complex business processes to consolidate them onto a hyperscaler platform to implement enterprise-grade, cloud-capable, mission-critical workloads on the cloud. We also help a leading Canadian bank unlock significant organizational agility by migrating a complex ecosystem of 70-plus business applications onto a hyperscaler cloud. In addition, we deployed a new cloud-based call center solution with IVR and phone payment capabilities, drastically improving call center response time and customer experience. What we have observed is that the movement to the cloud is also triggering tremendous innovation within the enterprise, with teams exploring the art of possible using the native capabilities of the cloud to try out new ways of working or new business models, build new capabilities into existing products, or offer new services to customers. We call these Horizon 2 initiatives. We helped Maersk, the world's leading ocean carrier, build an industry-first cloud-based solution to remotely monitor the ambient conditions of refrigerated containers or reefers, which are used to ship temperature-sensitive cargo like fruit, vegetables, meat, pharmaceuticals, and so on. The traditional manual approach was inefficient and resulted in spoilage of the cargo. The cloud-based IoT solution that TCS helped build uses real-time data from reefers to enable quick decision-making on, on conditions and gives visibility of the ambient conditions to the end customers, that, in, in, end customers, that is, the shippers. Other capabilities include automated alarm detection, corrections, and closure, a workflow system, a vessel-based solution to onboard reefer technicians, integration of predictive algorithms to help detect issues before they turn into problems 
and support the implementation of a mobility solution for NERC's equipment maintenance and repair vendors. The solution monitors a fleet of over 385,000 reefers and provides monitoring capabilities for over 450 vessels. This innovative use of technology has enabled MERSC to carry cargo in the, ex in the exact ambient conditions inside the container as desired by their customers, reduce the risk of spoilage, and resulted in improving customer satisfaction. The global leader in medical devices has partnered with TCS for their IoT-based fleet management initiative for connected health to enable healthcare providers to monitor key patient vitals across various care units. The fleet of sensors and devices will be remotely provisioned to monitor the key parameters and control software updates. The next generation medical device connectivity solution leverages a cloud-based IoT stack that will be the foundation on which these new features will be enabled. Another key theme we have been speaking about for a while and which continue to drive growth in Q3 is sustainability. Today I wanted to share a story of how we are helping manufacturers manage the downstream environmental footprint of their products by strengthening the end-of-life recycling and recovery of non-biodegradable components of their products and become better environmental stewards. This is known as extended producer responsibility and is a legal obligation under the polluter pays principle in many parts of the world. TCS is helping a multinational furniture retail chain meet their extended producer responsibility around plastic usage in their products and enable better recovery and recycling. TCS solution leverages advanced PLM and CAD, CAD to help, um, the, help the chain move away from guesstimation and accurately calculate the plastic usage in each of their products using product 3D models. This enables more accurate tracking and end-of-life recycling or recovery of the plastics and synthetic textile fibers used in their products. This ensures the right amount of compliance and enhancing the brand's image as a responsible business. Of course, reduction of carbon footprint continues to be a major concern across boardrooms and executive suites. We have several ongoing engagements and new wins in this area. Let me share a few examples. TCS is a trusted partner and advisor for a multinational food and drink processing conglomerate, a multi-year global program to build a robust digital data governance system that can reliably measure and analyze greenhouse gas emissions um, and track their progress in emission reductions versus corporate targets. TCS is a consulting-led approach started with the use of its data maturity framework for storing and selecting the right emission factors based on a variety of input drivers. The solution leverages its DISMO toolset to create a platform that integrates data from across the entire supply chain, calculates emission footprints based on standardized carbon accounting protocols with drill downs into departmental impacts and generates carbon accounting disclosures with complete traceability and sums up the performance and progress in an executive dashboard. Beyond just tracking the carbon footprint, TCS teams used their manufacturing process knowledge to analyze the data and recommend alternates for reducing emissions. The recommendations were accepted and downstream plans for a global rollout are currently underway. We had a high-profile win for our TCS Clever Energy product, our award-winning enterprise-level energy and emission management solution. It uses IoT for data acquisition and has an inbuilt digital twin for energy usage 
modeling, energy usage modeling, and machine learning, um, and, and augments the intelligence to provide an integrated energy view. It's a comprehensive platform covering multiple energy functions, including heating and cooling, processing, uh, process energy optimizations, demand response, intelligent tariff, and carbon management. In Q3, a leading multinational consumer goods company signed up to implement the platform at 10 of their plants to make them energy efficient, reduce emissions, and meet their sustainability come financial goals. With that, let me hand it over back to Rajesh for some color on industry-level transformations and other order books. Thank you. Uh, thank you, NGS. <clears throat> in addition to helping our customers in their growth and transformation journeys, we are also participating in larger industry-level changes. I want to give an example from a couple of industries. The, I will take the utilities industry first. There is a growing focus, as you know, in utilities on sustainability, energy efficiency, and demand for carbon-free clean energy is driving a significant transformation in the utility industry. And TCS is participating fully in this transition. The, the big theme that is currently uh, um, at the heart of this transformation is the shift to what is known as distributed energy resources like solar and wind farms. And uh, we are participating with many of our customers in this space. As an example, for one of the largest fully regulated utilities in North America, they are going through this similar kind of a transition where they will be retiring aged and expensive coal-fired facilities and will replace them with the ERs or the distributed energy resources in their portfolio. What we have done is to help them build a renewable energy performance center that will help track the performance and asset health of the renewable assets. The platform is already connected to 171 wind turbines and three large solar farms. And it will gradually be rolled out across all their assets as part of an ongoing multi-year initiative. This will not only help our client meet regulatory requirements, but it will also help build a sustainable energy ecosystem in the country. The growing reliance on the ERs also poses new challenges in grid management, given the intrinsic variability in generation when you shift to this distributed uh, energy and distribution <coughs> generation kind of a methodology. That, along with growing incidence of extreme natural events precipitated by climate change, has necessitated grid modernization for greater resilience and enhanced customer experience. We are helping a Fortune 500 utility customer on the west coast of US to manage their grid performance better using analytics and data from various field sensors. Um, as you are aware, West Coast US suffers from wildfires, and we have helped the utility build a predictive data model that can identify customers with vulnerable assets to potential wildfires and cuts off power before the event. Over time, the model's accuracy has gone up uh, to 99%, significantly boosting the utility's goodwill in the community. So, maybe coming to another industry uh, in the midst of transformation, healthcare is. Uh, another one that's going through a sectoral transformation. It's a multidimensional transformation that is playing out there. The industry structure itself is undergoing a change. And so are patient engagement models and back-end operations. Excuse me. At the heart of it is that we are moving from a very two-tier structure of individual care providers to uh, integrated uh, hospitals 
to a much more uh, distributed uh, scenario in between where more specialized um, hospitals and chains are coming up for individual aspects and uh, trying to upend the industry. Uh, you have uh, people like uh, pharmacy chains get trying to get into uh, you know into this spectrum. But, uh, give an example of a uh, couple of large specialty healthcare provider in North America that we are working with, and uh, we are developing and implementing a next generation cloud-based patient care platform which connects an ecosystem of physicians, labs, dietitians, and pharmacies. It provides the stakeholders an integrated patient-centric view across the entire chain of 3,000 plus outpatient centers that makes the patient uh, experience very location agnostic. Regardless of which center the patient visits, the local physicians and care providers will have a seamless view of his or her integrated health record, significantly enhancing the patient experience, care delivery, clinician productivity, etc. The simplified user interface also reduces training efforts for care providers and the risk of data entry errors. Um, another trend that took off during the pandemic is telemedicine and remote care. Well, this has been adopted in peripheral care areas at the moment. We expect this to find broader adoption across all non-critical care, once again boosting accessibility and clinician productivity while reducing costs. An example of our participation is early in the pandemic, we partnered with Align Technology, a leading global medical device company, to build a remote care solution to support thousands of orthodontists across the world who were challenged with, with ensuring continuity in patient care. TCF leverages contextual knowledge, location-independent agile delivery model, and expertise in creating a superior user experience to accelerate the development of virtual tools for a cutting-edge mobile app. The app enables remote consultations, treatment progress assessment, and communication for doctors and their patients to discuss adjustments or concerns during the company's product on Invisalign treatments. Another tool enhances doctors to easily schedule and boost HIPAA-compliant video appointments with patients when needed. So, uh, overall, uh, across the example given the NGS and uh, the couple that I shared, uh, the main message that we wanted to give is that uh, we are seeing significant amount of uh, transformation both at company level as well as industry level and we are participating strongly in that. Coming to the overall order book in Q3, uh, our total TCB was 7.6 billion and uh, it's a good mix of large, mid-sized and small deals. By vertical, BFSI had a very strong TCB of 2.9 billion while retail posted an order book of $1 billion. The TCV of uh, deals signed in North America stood at $4.5 billion. With that, we'll open the line for questions. Back to you, Kedar. Thank you very much. We will now begin the question and answer session. Anyone who wishes to ask a question may press star and 1 on the touchstone telephone. If you wish to remove yourself from the question queue, you may press star and 2. Participants are requested to use handsets while asking a question. Ladies and gentlemen, we will wait for a moment while the question queue assembles. First question is in the line of Sandeep Agarwal from Eaterwise. Please go ahead. Yeah, hi. Good evening. Uh, thanks for taking my question. Uh, wish everyone a happy new year. And... Uh, uh, very good set of numbers, very good execution. So, Rajesh, I have one simple question 
on the demand environment we are continuing to see a very robust demand on the non non traditional piece and on the particularly on the digital side and cloud adoption side what is your sense that what will be the second portion of this growth once this cloud adoption and transformation journey starts and reaches to some extent then when this hyperscalers uh, uh, start uh, adding capabilities on their offering additional add-ons will that contribute more revenue or you think the transition towards cloud and adoption of cloud will be a big revenue driver for uh, for the next 2 3 years uh, and then probably that option value will emerge so what is your sense on how the demand will shift on the technology front on those two areas uh, if you can give some some idea on that will be very helpful thank you thank you sir <clears throat> the cloud adoption uh, will continue um, to drive a significant amount of demand in the short term we call this horizon one which essentially uh, involves moving workloads onto the cloud and uh, using the uh, you know the infrastructure as a service as the primary uh, value proposition there and uh, that as you have pointed out is a time bound phenomenon because once majority of the workloads have moved Uh, the demand for that will taper off but uh, what we are really excited about on the cloud is what opens up on horizon 2 and horizon 3 uh, ngs had uh, uh, you know laid out a couple of uh, examples that we have uh, seen in the shipping industry and in uh, uh, medical devices kind of industry but across industry we are seeing horizon 2 uh, opportunities and uh, opening up horizon 2 is when the native capabilities of the cloud are being leveraged to uh, generate significant transformation at the company level these native capabilities could be a seamless fabric of the cloud so that uh, security and uh, you know uh, ability to handshake with partners is significantly enhanced uh, analytics is another native capability that we're seeing uh, a lot of on and uh, also other uh, areas so uh, between the three hyperscalers uh, we are tracking more than 250 uh, native capabilities that uh, we are now seeing greater and increasing adoption um, among multiple customers that we have and uh, the last but uh, but not the least by any means is the horizon 3 opportunity where the ecosystem play becomes a very important driver for uh, what we see as the industry structure of the future So the example that i gave of uh, in the healthcare space of a specialty healthcare there the approach is to actually to act as a uh, as a anchor to an ecosystem of uh, doctors so that uh, whether it's care delivery or uh, you know uh, dietitians and uh, the entire chain of people involved in uh, not just the diagnosis the treatment and the ongoing maintenance of the uh, of the person including bringing in the labs into it um, bringing in the pharmacies into it and uh, providing an end to end uh, ecosystem uh, the cloud significantly uh, increases the ability to adopt this kind of an ecosystem play and we believe that these are all unbounded opportunities unlike horizon 1 This is a bounded one. So overall, we are quite excited about the cloud uh, journey. 
Thanks for that uh, detailed answer. Just if I can squeeze one more uh, small portion. When do you see this attrition scenario pulling off? Like we are already seeing some signs that you know, pension and other things are helping. So when do you think it will be completely you know rationalizing to pre-COVID level? Is there any view on that, or you will abstain from giving any view right now? Let uh, Milan take that. Milan, if you could. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Rajesh. I think, like I said, uh, uh, no, we actually are, you know, the churn for this quarter uh, may be a little less than what we had in in the last quarter. Okay, but our uh, LTM percentage may still go up, you know, based on the way it is calculated. You know, so I see more of flattening, flattening of of this. and eventually you know slowly coming down that is the way i am seeing it right now but you know uh, that is how it's going to be churn will be less and less as we go forward ltm percentage will you know will you know eventually straighten out over a few quarters yeah thanks a lot and best of luck for the current quarter thank you thank you The next question is from the line of Devya Nagarajan from UBS. Please go ahead. Uh, thanks for taking my question and congrats on the strong quarter. Um, just a couple of things from my side. Firstly, I'm trying to understand uh, your margins. I think uh, we do continue to see. While I do appreciate that market attrition has gone up in line with the sector, it still seems to be pretty much in line. That's very good. It's not the headline numbers that we look more. um so i'm trying to understand why then you're not seeing the kind of margin performance that you should normally see in a quarter like this uh that might be a question i'll take that question devya so uh, as we said uh, on the margins uh, uh, we had headwinds uh, from uh, the supply side churn as you called out uh, linked to the backfilling cost uh, retention lekin increments and our subcontractor cost going up this is a one off uh, from a usual trend also uh, from a, a historical savings perspective there has been the 60 basis points impact on the discretionary and non mentor expenses going up like we had called out at the beginning of the year itself that we would expect uh, uh, as normal normalcy continues we would expect this cost to come up offsetting these were the operational efficiencies which we either ways uh, have it during the period so uh, but specifically so with the increased uh, trainee hiring we had a pyramid balancing coming up and uh, also we were able to improve uh, our utilization and had a slight uptick in realization so that's that's the uh, the match around it uh, devya okay uh, my second question is some pricing uh, i think this is something that i've been taking with the peers as well um Do you expect that the demand kind of being another lease of life and supply constraints kind of continuing, we should be able to push through some price increases in the next few quarters? Yes, we are. Um, we are seeing a slight uptick in pricing uh, in the current quarter, and I think we should be able to uh, get some of it. But uh, it will be balanced by the fact that. Uh, in long term existing customer relationships we would need to be more nuanced about it but overall there is definitely an expectation of a rising pricing environment okay 
Thanks for taking my questions, and I'll come to follow up with Thank you. The next question is on the line of Sandeep Shah from Equator Securities. Please go ahead. Yeah, thanks for the opportunity. Uh, just the question uh, in terms of uh, entering into CY22 for the industry as a whole rather than TCS. Do you believe industry may see some moderation in a pent-up demand or you believe you no, know, the demand pipeline, uh, the IT spend, transformational need and the urgency of the client is well enough to compensate any tapering of uh, the pent-up demand which we may uh, have seen in CY21? NGS could you take that? Yeah. Um, as I see, um, uh, Sandeep, he called out that uh, we are in uh, seeing a you know, multi-year cycle of investments some time back. And uh, everything that we are seeing from a demand perspective is um, uh, in line with that. I think, you know, uh, our interactions with clients uh, during the last quarter and also indicates that there is no um, reduction in budgets. Um, they Some of them have increased budgets. They would like to keep investing um, in specific initiatives uh, across safety, uh, resilience, and growth, um, uh, along with innovation. Right? So from that perspective, at least for the foreseeable future, right, we believe that the demand environment will continue to be there. And um, uh, but I think, you know, uh, the industry per se has been um, uh, on an accelerated hiring, number one. Number two is that um, the demand for such a skill sets is increasing, you know, for sure, right? So from what I would say is that the demand um, will continue for at least the next two, three quarters. And uh, barring uh, any unforeseen events in the world, uh, the trend is likely to continue. Okay, okay, okay. And uh, just a follow-up question, which is a bookkeeping. Uh, we have two large deals in the BFSI, which may have a contractual ramdowns, which may be coming in the fourth quarter. So is it fair to say fourth quarter may be seasonally softer than the earlier years, or we believe there are enough number of new deals which will mitigate the same as a whole? And just on margins, whether most of the supply-side intervention which we consciously took in Q3 are largely over or may continue in the next uh, 4Q or 1Q as well? Um, deals in BFSI will not have a ramp down, but uh, the base effect will uh, kick in in the fourth quarter, as you rightly pointed out. But uh, overall, the demand environment is fairly strong. So we are endeavor to maintain the demand momentum, but uh, next quarter we will see a base effect kicking in in uh, BSSI specifically. Okay, okay. And this question on the supply side intervention? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, so, uh, that's right. Uh, uh, so, uh, uh, we would expect uh, uh, some more uh, interventions coming in going into Q4 and Q1. Uh, as far as uh, the churn remains at an elevated level, we'll do all the things uh, which would be required to uh, sustain uh, uh, the requirements and uh, capture the growth, uh, Sandeep. Okay, okay. Thanks and all the best. Thank you. The next question is in the line of Gaurav Vateria from Morgan Stanley. Please go ahead. Uh, hi, thank you for taking my question. So, firstly, 
Rajesh, has there been any uh, difference in the trend from uh, ACV versus TCV perspective because of the change in the tenor of the deals? Uh, just trying to understand that is TCV a fair reflection of uh, how revenue growth is going to pan out or uh, the ACV trends are looking a little different? One of the last few quarters, the TCV is primarily constituted of uh, relatively uh, smaller deals. If I take a uh, two quarters back kind of a perspective, so rather not smaller by <laughs> small. Uh, I'm saying there are no billion-dollar deals and all inside this uh, TCV. These are more uh, regular-sized deals with regular-sized uh, tenures. So to that extent, uh, these have got greater short-term uh, drawdown uh, value. So the ACG should be better. But uh, when we look at the pipeline, the pipeline has an equal distribution of uh, very large and uh, mid-sized uh, deals. So overall, uh, there is no shift towards one or the other. It is just that a period to period, the TCB will have different constituents. Got it. Second question is around the uh, continental Europe. Uh, I think you had talked about some large program ramp down and some impact of that. Uh, is that totally behind us or it will take some more time after which uh, this issue will be kind of behind and uh, the drag uh, from that will be uh, away from a growth perspective? Uh, technically, it's another quarter uh, could also be because you um, you might recall that last time I said that we should see a recovery into Q3, Q4. Um, Q3 surprised us pleasantly, but uh, there will be some amount of uh, uh, the base effect uh, impact coming into uh, Q4. But uh, overall, Europe is a very strong uh, uh, trajectory and uh, touchful uh, unless something goes wrong in the current situation. Uh, Europe uh, visibility is very high. Got it. Lastly, uh, on the realization at the portfolio level, you did talk about some positive impact. Uh, from a flow-through perspective, uh, is it fair to believe that uh, this uh, impact comes in the financials with some lack, not necessarily in the same quarter when the uh, realization impact comes in? Uh, no, we report realization, not pricing. So realization uh, impact is the uh, net impact in the quarter after everything has happened. Uh, so uh, there is no lag to that. But uh, overall pricing trend, our expectation is that it has an upward bias and that should show through in future realization. Perfect. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Thank you. The next question is in the line of Manik Taneja from JM Financial. Please go ahead. Hi, thank you for the opportunity. I had a question related to the step up that one has seen in terms of subcontracting charges across the industry as well as the PCS. And some of it has been driven by the employee turnover as well as the, the limitations in terms of employee uh, travel. When do you think this starts normalizing and would this... Uh, Eight margins as a situation normalized. So, Manik, uh, uh, so our uh, usual subcontractor expenses used to be around 7.5%. They are currently at uh, 9%. So, that's uh, uh, and that's the direct impact of uh, what we see across in the industry. 
Uh, our view is that uh, this would continue till uh, the churn remains uh, remains to be elevated, and then uh, once it settles down, this would be one of the primary levers uh, uh, to double down upon uh, from an operational efficiency perspective. Sure. I had an additional question that across the industry, one has seen a significant offshore shift. However, when when one looks at the revenue productivity uh, metric. One has still seen a significant increase in in over the last few quarters, despite such a significant offshore shift. So, if you could sell out, what do you think has been driving that, and shouldn't that be seen as a indicator of pricing strength for you as well as the industry? So, uh, offshore uh, uh, offshore leverage uh, shift was particularly prominent in the last uh, uh, financial year. Uh, towards uh, and it settled down uh, towards the uh, end of the financial year. Uh, we would expect uh, uh, the offshore uh, leverage uh, to uh, remain around the same and slightly with uh, travels and etc. opening up, we would expect uh, uh, the, uh, uh, a shift towards on-site uh, to begin with. To your question on uh, uh, being visible on the pricing part, uh, there have been. It has been. If you look at our uh, uh, efficiency, it, it has been balanced, uh, Manik. Sure. Thank you all this for the feature. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, that would be our last question for today. I now hand the conference over to the management for their closing comments. Thank you, and over to you. Thank you. Uh, so to sum up, we had a strong broad-based growth across all our industry verticals that helped us overcome normal seasonality and post 15.4% year-on-year growth. The order book continues to be very robust and well-distributed. Our strong customer focus and continual expansion and deepening of client relationship showed up yet again in a very strong client metrics with strong additions across all revenue buckets. Our margins continue to be industry leading. We have responded to the strong demand by hiring large numbers of fresh engineers. In addition to the 43,000 freshers we onboarded in H1, we brought in another 34,000 in Q3 and plan to bring on board some more in the fourth quarter. We have also taken tactical measures to retain our best talent, including institution, instituting promotions for over 110,000 employees this year. Our attrition went up to uh, went up this quarter, but continues to be the lowest in the industry. We will continue to watch this closely. Lastly, the board announcement of a buyback as well as a dividend is a reiteration of our shareholder-friendly policy of returning cash to shareholders. Thank you all for joining us on this call today. Enjoy the rest of your evening and uh, or day, and do stay safe. Thank you. Thank you, members of the management. Ladies and gentlemen, on behalf of TCS, that concludes this conference call. Thank you all for joining us, and you may now disconnect your lines.